Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. There's nothing like being totally engrossed in a good mystery or thriller. Audible has thousands of immersive audiobook titles to spark your imagination and get your heart thumping. Since it's summer, you might want to check out The Vacation Rental. Very well told and very unsettling. You won't want to turn it off. And since this is a parenting podcast, I should also mention that audiobooks are a wonderfully enriching experience for children because they aren't passive entertainment like other kids' media. They engage your child's imagination and can nurture both listening and language skills. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. That's audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 today. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected. After investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or tmobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I'm going to be responding to a parent who is a bit confused and requesting some clarity around toddlers taking toys from each other, how to handle this. Before I begin, I want to remind everybody that both of my books, No Bad Kids and Elevating Child Care, are available on audio at audible.com. And in paperback at Amazon, in ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Apple.com. Hi, Janet. Firstly, I just wanted to emphasize how your approach to parenting has resonated with me and helped me tremendously. I'm a mother of a friendly, curious, active 22 month old boy, and I'm also a psychiatrist by profession. Your principles fit with my philosophies on development, emotional regulation, frustration, tolerance and self-esteem. I felt a bit confused after your podcast of August 6th, When Toddlers Take Toys. From what I've read in your books and heard on previous podcasts, my sense has been that toddlers taking toys from one another was a normal behavior developmentally, that these are the early stages of their learning to socialize, and that angst we might feel about toys being taken are projections on our part as parents. So my approach has been to narrate what I see. You both want that toy. Now Lucy has it. I see you wanted it too, etc. I only intervene if behavior becomes aggressive, hitting, etc. Thankfully, that is yet to be much of an issue. Of course, I feel some strange stares from other parents on the playground, though maybe a projection of my own uncertainty as a parent, who I often find are hovering, intrusive, and anxious in their children's play. The message I got from your August 6th podcast was to intervene and referee toy taking so as to not be judged by other parents. I don't like the idea of this, particularly because it would be confusing for my son. Sometimes children get distressed when toys are taken, sometimes they don't. I trust they can work it out unless there's a significant age difference. It seems to make more sense to me to validate the emotional reaction. 
i.e. you're frustrated because Wesley has the toy now, than to intervene in normal and non-harmful behavior. I'd be very grateful for your clarification. Okay, so first of all, yes, this parent definitely uh, has understood what I've recommended in terms of children and that this is developmentally appropriate behavior and that most most of the time children are more interested in what's going on with the other child and how to connect with them or what just happened here and engaging with each other actually than they are with the toy itself. So it does help children tremendously to build social intelligence when we trust them to figure these situations out rather than coming, jumping in and imposing, no, 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 wait, you know, take your turn or you've got to share that or whatever. Trusting the solutions that they find, which are often different than what we'd expect, is a wonderful way to help them build confidence socially and help them figure out these complicated dynamics with other children. How do I engage? And eventually this evolves into playing together as children get to, towards age three and beyond. They start to, to figure out ways to play together that aren't to do with <laughs> who has the toy and I want what you have. So wonderful, this parent has this down. The podcast she's referring to was in response to a question about a 15-month-old who was just habitually taking toys from all the other children, uh, and this was in a public situation in a park or playground. What should this parent do? And yes, I recommended that the parent intervene uh, non-judgmentally and stop her child from doing that. Now, here's why. What Magda Gerber's approach really gives us as parents is awareness. We become more aware of our child's awareness, and we become aware of their capabilities, and we become aware of our own projections and try to practice releasing them so that we can actually see through our child's lens. Now, this approach is not very common. Um, I mean, hopefully one day this will be more mainstream way of viewing children, but at the moment, there are only a very small percentage of people practicing this. So what happens when our child is behaving in a manner that, you know, we feel is normal, but that other parents would perceive as negative? What does, is our child picking up in that situation with their high, high awareness? What are the vibes that they're getting when they're possibly angering another child's parent or uh, maybe something more subtle, but they're getting maybe glares, they're, they're feeling the vibe of disapproval. I don't think that that's an optimal situation for a child. I don't think that builds confidence. And I think it could be even scary and disconcerting because the child's doing something they've learned is absolutely fine. And why are they getting this reaction from people? Why all this tension? So my point in protecting children in these situations and having, let's say, a different approach from uh, situations where we have more control and all the parents are on board or they're open to allowing the children to learn this way, I would intervene, not because I'm worried about being judged. I've sort of learned to put blinders on. And I also, you know, I feel like I was blessed that I had so much time with Magda Gerber in those early years and other mentors from her organization. 
I had a lot of encouragement. So when I was out in the world where people weren't doing these kinds of things, I was able to put blinders on, but I would not want to subject my child to that. I feel like it's not my place also to really impose my views on other people and really on that other child that may have learned that something big has gone wrong here when my child took a toy from them and they need their parent and they're distressed, which is something that I, I do believe children learn from us, the way that our attitude towards these situations teaches them how to feel about them. For those reasons, I would definitely adapt my approach to the situation. And I actually wrote an article about this called Helping Toddlers Succeed at the Park, Playdates, and Other Social Situations. And uh, yes, I feel strongly that my child is number one in these situations. And also that to this parent's concern about the confusion that our children would feel, children are so aware that from birth, they are already adapting to different styles of parenting, different ways that people pick them up, touch them, the different rhythms of those, you know, their mother and their father and their grandmother, their grandfather. They're already doing that. Um, and I, I think, you know, as we've all heard, children are very adaptable if we don't abuse it by giving them this unpredictable life. And every day there's a new class that we go to and different people there in a different environment, a different set of circumstances, a different set of rules and mores. That would be confusing for our child. But if we're asking them to adapt to a situation like a park, as opposed to when they have a friend over or we have a play date of people that are all on board with this, they can definitely do that. They can't do it if we're suddenly angry at them at the park for taking a toy away. That would be confusing. But if we intervene in a manner like this, for example, looks like you're interested in that toy while my hand is there, ready to stop it from happening. Mm, yeah, it looks like you want to take that from his hand. I'm not sure if that's okay with him. Then maybe I'd look at the other child. Is that okay with you? And probably I'm not going to get much of a response <laughs> unless the child decides to give the toy to my child. That could happen. So just waiting, just being there, just allowing that to play out, but I'm not going to let my child take that toy. And then, you know, if you felt like you needed to say something to your child about that, I would say like, you know, it looks like he wants to hold on to that. I'm not going to let you do that here or something like that. But I don't think it really needs to be explained a whole lot because, as I said, I think children do know this is a totally different place. The rules are different here. People behave differently here. And they're already aware of that. Now, there are things that we can do, like check with another parent first, you know, in that moment. Maybe we see our child walking over to another child and that has something interesting in their hands and we think something might happen. So we maybe say to that parent, what do you think it looks like my child's going over and they may be interested in your child's toy? Do you want me to make sure they don't take it, that he doesn't take it? Or, you know, how do you feel about them working things out themselves? There are ways that you can check with other parents to gauge their openness and see what's comfortable. Also, if the situation was that another child was taking something from my child's hands, then I probably would intervene the way that I normally do, which is just noticing and acknowledging whatever I see, checking out my child's reaction and just, you know, saying, well, looks like you were holding that and looks like he was interested in that and seeing what happens from there. 
And then, you know, maybe another parent would intervene and do something that I wouldn't do, making their child give the toy back. You know, that's okay. My child's not going to be hurt by that. I mean, they're very fluid children and they're learning. They're very open. That's why they're such phenomenal learners in these early years. And they are picking up all the nuances and trying to figure them out. You know, they're not set in stone for sure. They're not set in stone in their, in their ways. They are the opposite of that. So I guess my greater goal allowing my child to experiment socially is to help my child succeed in that situation and give them the parameters for them to be appropriate there. And to the point about children being so aware and adaptable, my infant and parent toddler classes are so interesting in that, yes, we do have this cocoon. All the parents are on board, so we do get to really see how children uh, evolve in their learning and all the little bumpy parts where they're, you know, maybe they're taking a lot of toys from everybody or, or um, they're, you know, even getting aggressive and we're stopping that. We, you know, have a very healthy approach to children crying or being upset from the time they come in as infants. Uh, We are calm around that. We accept that. Of course, we try to help children if they need help with, um, you know, their needs and we attend to them and we're very responsive. But our whole attitude towards emotions and towards learning in these social interactions is so open that what happens is very early on, and I've just been so struck by this over the years, very early on when coming to the classes, which they attend once a week, they seem to realize that this is a place for them to share all their difficult stuff. (laughs) And so they do. Parents will say, you know, my child doesn't have these kind of outbursts at home, or they don't have this, you know, behavior at home. And I truly believe that they know this is their learning lab and their therapy place. So they, you know, bring those issues to us, which is fascinating. But again, what it shows is that they know the difference. They know the difference in these different situations and they're feeling it. They're feeling what's acceptable there and what's appropriate there. Children are so amazing this way. If we can help them preserve this healthy attitude towards learning and absorbing information. So I hope this clarifies the issue a little bit and why I would you know, react a little differently to children in different situations. And thank you so much for listening. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.